Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, it's my mom. Mama. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, February 12, 2024. Good morning and welcome to a brand new hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverings and studio producer Gabby Birkin for Sarah Tafoya, who's taking a few days off. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever you may be listening to us here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Hope you had a great uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, if you are a football fan, we're going to talk much more about the big game here uh, momentarily uh, with uh, my uh, football fan, Glenn. Uh, and uh, a little bit l- later this hour, uh, Peter Atkinson, the director of the Merry Beggars, uh, the entertainment division of Relevant Radio. He will be with us live in studio to get his reaction to the entertainment part of Super Bowl 58. We'll break down a few of the commercials and the halftime show as well. Now, it was uh, an absolutely amazing uh, Friday and uh, obviously a great weekend for us here at Relevant Radio. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, In case uh, you're uh, just joining us here this hour, uh, Relevant Radio family. It was uh, perhaps the best ever give from the heart winner pledge drive that we've ever had. Unbelievable heroic support uh, once again from every one of you. Uh, thanks so much for allowing us to continue to bring Christ to the world through the media. Uh, once again, we reached uh, our goal of $3 million uh, on Friday of the pledge drive in the final minutes of the Drew Mariani show with Drew and Relevant Radio uh, Vice President of Pro Programming Josh Raymond on hand. We have a donor, uh, somebody who's listening out in Avon, Minnesota, Thank made a you pledge so much for of $15,000, which wow. not only helps us just barely push through, but we just blasted through the wow. finish line there. Thank God. Wow. Hey, uh, whoever you are, Thank you. I want to thank everyone who is donating in this winter pledge drive. You are you're saving souls. You know, Josh, you were talking a little bit just a moment ago about that woman who says I was going to hell. Right. One of my favorite testimonies that we had a father or we had Peter Grandish call yesterday and talk about a woman who's going to kill herself in the desert but found relevant radio. She her voice. Uh, then we also had that testimony you shared of a man who's been away from the confessional for 48 years. 48 years. That's what relevant radio is all about. That's what we're about. It's not about lights. It's not about microphones. It's about the salvation of souls. That's what this work is about. Bingo. Uh, my buddy Drew hit it right on the nose. It's the salvation of souls, and uh, we continue to do it with your help. I want to give a shout-out and a big happy birthday wish uh, to uh, Josh Raymond, uh, who was there in studio for the big moment, and he's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Josh. Great, great job uh, last uh, Friday. Um, We also did it, no doubt, uh, with uh, your uh, support through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, uh, Our Lady of Lourdes, who we invoked uh, last Friday, especially in anticipation of the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, which was uh, yesterday, even though it fell on a Sunday. Here's the happy totals. Uh, We're up to uh, $3,198,000. 
thousand plus from nearly fourteen thousand donations from you, our relevant radio family, with an average gift of two hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Uh, and of course, as promised, uh, I bought uh, two dozen roses uh, for Our Lady of Lourdes for reaching our goals in the six and seven a.m. hours. And Glenn, I actually ended up buying four dozen because I bought one for my wife uh, Cindy in anticipation of Valentine's Day, and another one for my uh, mother Margarita as well. Oh, there he is, the florist's best friend, John Morales. Good job, John. And, uh, you know, what a beautiful pledge drive. Thanks to one and all for supporting Relevant Radio. It's almost easy to start covering it like a sporting event, but we know it's really, it's between you and God. And uh, as you support the work of his church, we're happy to be part of that here at Relevant Radio. So thank you for your prayerful support of Relevant Radio. And keep praying for us. Thanks for giving. And uh, thanks for keeping us rolling for another three more months. Again, Pledge Drive language here. It's not the Pledge Drive. We're, we're back to regular programming. But thank you for a tremendous week last uh, week and helping us to continue to touch so many lives, John. Absolutely. And no, it, it wasn't a sporting event, but, uh, you know, it was sort of our Super Bowl Friday and our, our listeners, uh, they responded in a big time way. And uh, that's why I love playing that highlight of Drew crossing the finish line with with Josh. Uh, it's, uh, to me, that's just as exciting as listening to a, a football highlight. Now, our, our morning air family also uh, was, was tremendous. Uh, on Friday, we had 509 gifts for nearly uh, uh, well, almost $98,000 altogether. So it was a, a fantastic show of support uh, for all of you early birds uh, early on Friday morning. And a reminder that every single one of you is so important to our mission, uh, whether it's a big gift or a small gift, uh, every single gift is making a difference for time and for eternity. So uh, thank you again, um, Morning Air family and Relevant Radio family. I absolutely love you guys. And as Glenn says all the time, the greatest listeners in the world. Um, Glenn, if, uh, if, if somebody um, was, uh, you know, like uh, in Australia last week or in Europe somewhere and they missed the pledge drive, what can they do? Well, you know, we've gotten gifts from around the world, so uh, they, they could have given, actually. <laughs> but if, if someone missed, uh, there's still time to get your gift in at 877 or online at relevantradio.com. We'd always appreciate that one give you that opportunity to be part of the family here at Relevant Radio and uh, and give as you prospered. Uh, we appreciate you once again so much. And just, uh, you know, our, our, our words to you, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's shift gears and talk about the other big story here this morning that uh, especially in Kansas City, I'm sure they are talking about, and that is uh, Super Bowl 58. Uh, Glenn, I know you were up late. I was up late. Uh, what a game. Well, it wasn't late, but it went a while as far as football. One of the uh, top 10 longest games ever in football, longest Super Bowl ever. It took up almost the first quarter of overtime to get to that uh, final 25-22. Kansas City doing it again in come-from-behind fashion. First team to win two years in a row in almost 20 years. And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes collecting those trophies. Three-time MVP winner. Yes, it, it was uh, it was a tremendous performance uh, by uh, Mahomes. Again, uh, the final score, uh, the um, Chiefs beating uh, the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in Super Bowl 58. The Niners actually took the lead in the overtime after kicking a 27-yard field goal. And then Mahomes uh, did his magic, leading the Chiefs down the field. And he found Mercole Hardman with a three-yard uh, touchdown pass for the game-winning score as heard on West. Westwood 1 and CBS. 
First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions! It is a dynasty! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25-22 in overtime! It means a ton. Just the adversity we dealt through, dealt with this year, and the come through, the guys never faltered. I was not giving God the glory, man. He, he challenged us to make us better, and I'm proud of my guys, man. This is awesome. It's legendary. I love that Patrick Mahomes gave God the glory there in the post game. Of course, he was named uh, the MVP, the most valuable player for the third time in his career after finishing the game with 333 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, the Chiefs are the first team uh, to win back-to-back Super Bowls uh, since Tom Brady and the New England Patriots did it back in 2003 and 04. And uh, what a, what an ending. Uh, I, I thought uh, Mahomes reminded me of Michael Jordan. He just willed his team. He put it on his shoulders, and um, you know he was not to be denied. Valiant effort on both sides, and uh, our morning air buddy, uh, a very Catholic kicker for the Chiefs, Harrison Butker, who uh, talked to us last year after the Chiefs' victory set a Super Bowl record with a 57-yard field goal, and uh, he broke Jake Moody's record, uh, just set about 10 minutes before for the 49ers, who has the record with uh, the most 50-yard-plus field goals made in a game with with two of them, but... uh, Butker's work, uh, you know, was the, the really important stuff there. Uh, a couple other oddball facts from the game as well. Zero, this is a record, uh, no kickoff returns for either team. And then uh, you might have seen a few low snaps that, uh, you know, like Jordan uh, found Mahomes almost dribbling the ball but picking them up. And uh, he recovered four uh, four fumbles uh, for his career in the Super Bowl so far, and so that's uh, one of the one of the tiny records as well, and uh, very likely a record-setting TV audience too. Should have some stats on that later in the day. Yeah, way way over a hundred million people uh, uh, tuning in for this game, and in fact, a little bit later uh, this hour, uh, Peter Atkinson, the director of the Merry Beggars, will be will be with us uh, to talk about the entertainment uh, side of Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and so. So we'll break down some of the commercials and uh, the halftime show and the national anthem. And uh, there's there's folks that actually watch the game just to have a good time and enjoy the entertainment, uh, Glenn. Yeah, that's been the case for uh, for decades, John. And that's part of the appeal of the Super Bowl, that it can be something that appeals to, to many beyond uh, just the hardcore sports fans. All right. Uh, Always uh, fun uh, talking football with you, especially after one of the all-time great uh, Super Bowl finishes uh, that we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, John. As always, thanks so much, Glenn. 
First things first, uh, we begin every hour here on Morning Air, uh, always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, as we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine, peace in our nation, in our church, in our families. And on Mondays, we also pray for the souls in purgatory of our family and our loved ones who really do need our prayers. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from John 17, 20 and 21. Jesus the Lord prays, I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Our Lord Jesus Christ prays not only for the apostles uh, that they become perfectly one, but for those who will hear the gospel through their preaching uh, throughout the ages. Uh, Jesus prays so that the world may know that the Father has sent him. We need to continue to pray for Christmas, to for Christian unity, I should say, um, with well over um, 40,000 uh, denominations so that the world may know that God the Father sent Jesus, our Lord, and the love that he... Uh, shares with each and every single one of us. And so we pray with great confidence that powerful prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break. When we come back, our spiritual director, the baseball priest, uh, Father Burke Masters, will be with us to continue his B-Form series and talk about the connection between our Blessed Mother Mary and the Holy Eucharist. So stay with us as uh, this Monday edition of Morning Air uh, continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today's show is sponsored by Colby Academy. With more than 40 years of experience in Catholic home education, Colby Academy offers a blend of classical Catholic curriculum and the latest educational technology. More information at relevantradio.com slash Colby. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. I'm on top of the world. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. As always, you can send us an email directly if you have any thoughts or st story ideas, whatever you might have on your mind you want to share with us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can always find us on social media on uh, X, uh, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at Morning Air Show as well as on 
Facebook. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program here this morning, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Now, as we continue talking about the Eucharist during this Eucharistic revival, our Blessed Mother Mary shows us how we should be obedient to Jesus' command that we hear during the consecration at Mass. Do this in memory of me. With her fiat and her invitation to do whatever he tells you, uh, Mary has a big role in pointing us always uh, to Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. Joining us live this morning is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, outside of Chicago, to talk about how Mary is the woman of the Eucharist. And, uh, and he's also going to share what we can learn from our Blessed Mother to have a greater devotion to the Eucharist. Father Burke is the author of his uh, latest book, A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from a Baseball to Catholic Priest. He's also the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the Baseball Priest. And of course, a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It is uh, great to be with you once again. It was a late night for this reporter. Yeah, good morning, John. And yeah, we, along with uh, 100 plus million other viewers, are watching the game. And yeah, I didn't have a strong preference either way, uh, but what a, what a great game if you're a sports fan and I was on the edge of my seat, even though, you know, my team wasn't involved in the game. So very exciting uh, finish. It really was. Maybe one of the greatest uh, finishes in, in Super Bowl history. And, you know, I'm a long-suffering Bears fan. So, you know, uh, but but I, I got to admit, uh, it, it was impressive to see Patrick Mahomes uh, do his best Michael Jordan impersonation and just will his team to victory there in the overtime. He's just amazing. He does find a way to win somehow. And as you know, they were playing in Vegas, of course, and some of the announcers were saying, how do you bet against this guy? He just continues to win uh, despite, you know, everything being stacked against him sometimes. And as you say, he, he wills a way to win. You know, they're good Catholics on both sides. Uh, you mentioned Harrison Butker, Father Rocha, our friend, the chaplain for the Chiefs. Congratulations. And of course, John Lynch, the general manager for the 49ers, uh, very strong Catholic as well. He he was baptized here at the parish that I'm in right now at St. Isaac Jogues and a uh, very great man of God as well. Well, I always love um, that spiritual perspective when we look at, at sporting events, uh, especially a, a Super Bowl. And, you know, we had Harrison Butker on the show last year after he won the Super Bowl with a kick. Uh, he was just amazing yesterday with uh, four uh, field goals, including that 57-yarder to uh, set the all-time Super Bowl record. And I know that guy was praying Hail Marys before he kicked them. Yeah, and you could see him kind of point up to the Lord uh, after he made each of his field goals. And I was reading about him, want to learn more about him. And, you know, he and his wife have a couple of children, I believe, and they, they met freshman year in high school. So to see this, this kind of an all-American young man who loves the Lord, loves the church, and is really at the top of his game as a football player as well. No doubt about it. Uh, real quick, we're only two days away uh, from spring training, pitchers and catchers reporting all around Major League Baseball, and sure enough, on Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day. It, it's perfect. Uh, you know, I 
I always talk about baseball being our spiritual spring training and boy, they coincide with, uh, with Ash Wednesday. And, you know, I think about the players going back to their, you know, these guys who are professional baseball players, but going back to the basics and on Wednesday, we as Catholics are called to go back to the basics of prayer, fasting and almsgiving and to prepare ourselves for this long journey ahead this year ahead that we can be holy, prepare ourselves for, for God's Hall of Fame, if you will. So there's this great time of transition. Now football's over. Uh, I know there might be a lot of NBA fans out there, but I'm I'm ready for baseball and ready for spring training to start. I'm with you 100% for sure. Well, this morning we're talking about our Blessed Mother uh, at the School of Mary, uh, the woman of the Eucharist. And uh, share with us that connection between uh, our Blessed Mother Mary and the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, it wouldn't be, a, you know, apparently obvious to think, well, what does Mary have to do with the Eucharist? This was just Jesus. But if you think about Mary's role, you know, her famous line at the wedding at Cana, she says to do whatever he tells you. In other words, whatever Jesus says happens and you can trust in his words. And so we've talked about before how, you know, God spoke in the first book of the Bible in Genesis, God spoke and the world was created. And then the word of God that was spoken took on flesh in Jesus. And so whatever Jesus says happens. And so when he says at the last supper, you know, do this in remembrance of me, this is my body. This is my blood. You can trust it. So Mary is always pointing us to Jesus to say, you can trust my son, whatever he says happens. And when he says, this is my body and blood, and to do this in remembrance of me, you should do it. You can trust in those words. And so Mary is just this great guide for us, leading us closer to her son, Jesus, and helping us to deepen our faith in that whatever Jesus says, you can, you can trust. And that really has been her mission for 2,000 years, not just, uh, you know, in Scripture, uh, but, uh, you know, throughout the centuries, every time that uh, she has appeared uh, at any of the famous uh, sites, uh, whether it's uh, Guadalupe or Fatima or Lourdes that we celebrated uh, yesterday, um, this, the message is always still the same, you know, pointing us to her son. It's always about uh, Jesus. And if you if you go to Lourdes and this beautiful statue of of Mary that is facing the basilica, almost as if to say, and this probably was the artist's intention, you know, Mary's pointing us to Jesus, like go and worship Him. He is the Son of God. Uh, he's the one that we need to follow. And um, you know, I, I think sometimes we, uh, you know, coming from outside the church, you know, I was not raised Catholic. I would think, oh those Catholics worship Mary like a goddess. And and that's not true. You know, we, we honor Mary as the first and most faithful of the disciples and her role, much like John the Baptist is follow him. He's the lamb of God. He's the one that has the words of everlasting life. And so um, she's just always pointing us to her son. So we don't worship her. We reverence her and honor her as the fourth commandment says, honor your father and mother. So if Jesus honored Mary, then how much more should we? 
And uh, we're just uh, following Scripture. I mean, it was our Blessed Mother herself who said, all generations will call me blessed. And that's why we call her the Blessed mm-hmm. Mother. Exactly. The, um, and, and one of the women cried out in the crowd, you know, blessed are you, you know, who, uh, you know, blessed are you among women, which is actually Elizabeth's words. Mary is this, this great image of, of faithfulness. And what does she do? You know, in the, in the fiat, uh, her great surrender is let it be done to me according to your word, you know, Lord, help me to follow your path. Help me to believe and help me to surrender and help me to follow. And so if there's, I don't think there's any greater prayer to say, you know, Jesus tells us to seek, to ask, to knock, to be specific in our, in our prayer, but ultimately is your will be done. You know, uh, I trust in your word. So this may not be exactly what I, what I want to happen, uh, but I, I trust that you have, you know, the master plan. And this really leads us to a place of peace in our prayer. If we can, if we can trust God with everything, even those times when it, it seems like, okay, God, are you listening to me? Or it seems like you're silent. You know, you think about Mary going to the cross, you know, the, the suffering that she experienced that, that Simeon predicted, you know, a sword will pierce your heart. Something in Mary told her as she went to the cross with Jesus and Mary Magdalene and John, you know, something good is going to come out of this. I, I don't see it right now, but I trust and surrender to the will of God. And uh, so any of us suffering right now, and there's a real, there's a suffering aspect in the Eucharist, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for us. The Lord invites us into this mystery uh, of his suffering and to say, Suffering does not win. The, the enemy does not win this battle. You know, God wins the battle. God will win uh, the victory in the end, even over death. And in heaven, there'll be no more suffering. There, there'll be no more tears. There will be pure joy uh, where God will be our all in all. So Mary leads us into this mystery of the sacrificial aspect of the Eucharist, the suffering aspect to say, you know, trust in Jesus. He He's leading us on a path that Ultimately, he wins the battle. She is our mother. Can you talk a little bit about um, how our Blessed Mother Mary is a model of love, which should actually inspire us every time that we receive uh, the Holy Eucharist? Yeah, so uh, St. John Paul II uh, uh, writes, he says, It's not the enraptured gaze of Mary as she contemplated the face of the newborn Christ and cradled him in her arms, that unparalleled model of love. So imagine going to Bethlehem, you know, and that day that Jesus was born, as Mary gazed upon, and I love watching uh, a mother's look upon her newborn child. Imagine Mary's look upon Jesus in the Eucharist. He said, this should inspire us every time that we receive uh, Eucharistic communion, that we gaze upon the face of Christ. So I would encourage us as the next time you go to Mass uh, to go to Bethlehem and imagine that you're gazing upon the face of Christ when you receive Holy Communion. So he says, you know, am I properly preparing myself to receive the Eucharist, for example? So I arrive promptly for Mass. Um, and I know that I like to stand outside before Mass if I'm not celebrating that Mass. And, you know, 
sometimes you see the same people arriving five or 10 minutes late. And I, I always think, boy, you're missing this, this great preparation of prayer. It shouldn't be, I just want to check the box and, you know, get in for my 45 minutes or an hour, but while well, I'm going to gaze upon the face of Christ. So arriving promptly, dressing appropriately, that this is, this is not a, a, a beach party, but this is, you know, I'm actually going to the last supper. This should be something that I should dress appropriately for. I fast at least an hour before uh, mass and to receive the Eucharist reverently. And then after receiving the Eucharist, after gazing upon the face of Christ, you know, in the Eucharist to, to kneel and pray, to offer the graces of the Eucharist uh, that he can use in my life, or maybe, maybe he can, you know, appropriate those graces for someone else. Uh, you tell God what's going on, what's going on in my heart. Uh, and then taking time after mass to allow myself to pray, uh, following Mary's example to, to ponder those mysteries in our hearts. So Mary is this great model of prayer and, and contemplation. Father Burke, there is just so much that we can learn from our Blessed Mother uh, as an example, as a role model, uh, you know, pointing us to her son. In the final moment here, can you share a little bit about the sacrificial dimension of the Holy Eucharist? Yeah, so um, it says the, the Eucharist is an entrance into the death and suffering of Christ. And so, again, when Mary took Jesus into the temple and, and Simeon said, a sword would, would pierce your heart. You know, she experienced this, what John Paul II says, an anticipated Eucharist, the spiritual communion of the suffering with, with her son. And what Mary invites us to do, I think, is to, as, as in all faith, the Lord will take us so far in proving everything to be true, and then he invites a leap of faith. And Mary is our model in faith, even in the midst of suffering, to say, hold on, you can trust in my son, things are going to be okay. And so uh, Mary invites us into that place of, uh, you know, kneeling at the foot of the cross and, and, and saying, boy, Heavenly Father, I, I don't understand this, but I trust in you. What a great model to follow uh, Mary has given us. Father Burke, um, really appreciate your insights uh, on our Blessed Mother and that connection with the Holy Eucharist. Uh, as always, uh, thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. God bless, and uh, let's get ready to play ball. I'm with you. Thanks so much. Father Burke Masters, uh, the baseball priest and a longtime morning air contributor. We need to take uh, a short pause when we come back on the other side. Peter Atkinson, the director of the Merry Beggars, the entertainment division of Relevant Radio, will be with us live here in uh, color and in studio uh, to discuss the commercials and the halftime show and everything entertainment of Super Bowl 58. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the relevant radio app. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver in motion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! 
The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties. Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58. What a dramatic uh, finish for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Our thanks to Westwood One. We're going to talk about the entertainment aspect of uh, the Super Bowl here momentarily. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah. Thank you so much for being with us on this Monday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you're just joining us, I just want to real quickly say thank you so much for the best I give from the heart winner pledge drive ever. Uh, It was absolutely outstanding. We made our goal of $3 million on Friday afternoon in the final half hour of the pledge drive during the Drew Mariani show. Uh, We did it, no doubt, with uh, your amazing support through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, Our Lady of Lourdes. Here's the happy uh, totals. $3,198,000 plus from almost 14,000 donations from you, our relevant radio family, with an average gift of $229. So every single one of you counted. We so much appreciate it. If for whatever reason you missed last week's pledge drive, uh, uh, you can still make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call uh, the old-fashioned way, 877-291-0123, or you can uh, give online at relevantradio.com. Or you can make a pledge through the relevant radio app. Meanwhile, uh, if you uh, want to maybe tell us uh, about why uh, you are supporting Relevant Radio or whatever you might have on your mind, you can always send us an email. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And you can always find us on social media as well on X, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at Morning Air Show as well as on Facebook. And our toll-free line uh, this morning, if you want to be part of the program, it's 888-914-9149, and you might want to just jot that one down. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, yesterday's uh, Super Bowl 58 uh, in Las Vegas off the field. We know it was a fantastic ending uh, for the Chiefs, but uh, uh, some of you are not hardcore football fans, and you may have watched uh, the big game at a restaurant or at a party uh, for what has really become an unofficial American holiday. Uh, The Super Bowl is one of the most watched events in the world. Football fans and non-football fans uh, were all also excited uh, for a couple of things. Uh, The the Super Bowl ads, which are always entertaining, and of course uh, the halftime show, uh, which this year featured R&B legend Usher. did uh, did you did you watch it? Uh, if if you uh, caught the game last night, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned because our, our next guest is here uh, to talk about the entertainment part of Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Let me share with you real quick uh, a couple of uh, commercials that caught our attention. Are you the Bud Light Genie? Yeah. So we get wishes. It's my thing. Gimme eighties metal hair. Filthy rich. So filthy. Invisible. Predictable. Giant bicep. Big one. House part. Definitely. Let's go! We wish for a T-Rex. Guilty. Let's go to Super Bowl 58. Now we're talking. Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. BetMGM is for everyone that loves sports betting. Everyone. But Tom Brady. 
What did I do? The truth is you've won too much, Tommy. Let others have their turn. What if I bet the money line, but I think Tom Brady is cute? Well, I have the beholder. Subjective, but you're in. What if I used to babysit Tom Brady and he was a little troublemaker? Well, then you die with your secrets. No one likes a snitch, but you're in. What if I'm Tim Birdie, seven-time pool champion? You already know the answer. Why are you putting us through it? With the clothes? Well, how come Wayne Gretzky's in? Stop with the questions, Tommy. We're chopping it up here. Hey, Tom. Hi, Wayne Gretzky. You look like the Pringles guy. No, I don't. Posted. Chris Pratt is giving Mr. P. Identical. Do I get a cut? One mad scientist uses the most treasured resource known to humankind, peanut butter, to create diamonds. Diamonds were used to forge a ring. And that's just a little sample of uh, some of uh, the commercials. Uh, at $7 million for a 30, they they better have been pretty good. Joining us live in studio is uh, Peter Atkinson, the director of The Merry Beggars here on Relevant Radio, for much more on the entertainment uh, during Super Bowl 58. Hey, Peter. Thanks so much for being with us here bright and early the always, day after. Always great to be in studio with you, John. Always great. All right. Uh, so they figured that there were about 120 million people watching the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a big deal. This transcends sports. Uh, there's a lot of folks who really aren't even football fans that are watching the, the, the big game. And that's not even counting all the people watching around the world uh, for, for this game. Uh, just your overall impressions uh, from an entertainment perspective. Well, one of the one of the most mysterious things to me is when you hear about companies advertising on the Super Bowl, it's seven million dollars for a 30 second ad this year round. Now, for a comparison, in 1967 was the first Super Bowl, a 30 second ad cost about thirty eight thousand dollars, which given inflation, I think was around two, it's around two hundred thousand dollars a day. But that's, you know nothing compared to a $7 million. So how do you explain that a 30-second ad, no matter how compelling it is, is worth $7 million? And I think there are two things that explain it. One is the Super Bowl, because it's a live event and because it's sports, still attracts more concentrated viewership than almost any other media event around. Um, the other thing is our media landscape is so fragmented now. Um, you have so, you know, back when the Super Bowl started, you have four, five, ten different uh, networks, different channels. Now you have infinite channels with the Internet. Um, one of the number one ways that people access football now is YouTube. Um, and one of the biggest questions before the football was, where can you watch this? Because you could stream it. You could watch it on Comcast. You could watch it anywhere. So the the fragmentation of the media landscape has made the Super Bowl uh, the Mecca, or for us Catholics, the Vatican of destination for advertisers, because it's still one of the few, one of the few places that uh, companies can go to get just massive amounts of eyeballs. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see how companies engage with it. And one of the reasons that so many people like watching the ads is because companies will pour millions and millions and they'll get Oscar-nominated directors. Uh, I know one of the directors who directed one of the ads this year and he's Oscar-nominated. 1984, the Apple commercial that was one of the first big Super Bowl commercials was directed by none other than Ridley Scott. So it it really is a treat to see what the companies can come up with to sort of, you know, keep us engaged and buy the next pack of Doritos. 
Peter, uh, what's your sense as to the uh, the themes that marketers were looking at to, for this year's uh, commercials? I think the themes were what can we do to not get people to boycott us? I think that our country is so divided that they were going for celebrities because everyone likes a Tom Brady or uh you know, any of the other celebrities that you could see yesterday, uh, they liked nostalgia and they liked very light comedy. I One of my favorites was uh, Anthony Hopkins for the Cold Brew Company, where he's doing this very serious monologue in a mirror and then he puts on the mascot head and, and runs out to the football field. So I think that sort of self-deprecating humor from celebrities is fun. It makes us feel that the celebrities, you know, they're just like us. They put our put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. I think where it it can fail is where it gets a little um it gets a little cute, like a little bit too manufactured authenticity from the companies. Um, and I, I genuinely think that most of the companies were trying to figure out a way to start a conversation, to get people uh, to, you know, go to their product or whatever without offending people. Um and as a result, some of the ads were, you know, very entertaining. Some of them sort of missed the mark, I think. All right. Uh, during halftime, I actually uh, paid attention this time. <laughs> I actually paid attention. I tried to get my wife to watch a little. I said, come on, give me your take. I want to see what you think, because we're going to talk about this uh, with Peter. F- full disclosure, as a former sports reporter, during halftime, I was not paying attention. That's normally. where you read your notes. That's, That's where I'm going overall. What's happening, the, the game stories, I'm watching highlights, I'm getting focused for the second half, uh, much like the, like the athletes. But uh, it was interesting this year. Year with uh, the, the uh, quite uh, uh, famous uh, Usher performing the halftime show. What, what was your thoughts on his performance? Well, I think, again, I, I, I always look behind the scenes and try and understand from an entertainment perspective what's happening here. Well, so it was, a, it was a good show. If you like Usher, you got, you know, select hits from his 45-year um, discography. I liked that it wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't singing to a track. He was. He, it looked like he was singing live. And he got Alicia Keys and whatnot. So he sort of, he got the, the super group together to perform. Um, he used this sort of 1920s-themed Great Gatsby with the feather boas and the dancers. And he threw some The white tricks, outfit. The white outfit, the roller skates, you know. It was very, very, R&B, very fun. Um, but I think what's happening, he got paid $0 for it. So it was totally unpaid. The reason he does it and the reason any performer does it during the halftime show is because he's releasing an album next week. So it's a really interesting point in our media landscape where these performers, it's so valuable to get 100 million, 120 million eyeballs on you that it's worth it to do them for free. And for for perspective, last year's Rihanna show had 800 people involved in that one show. So these are massive, unbelievably expensive things, but it's worth it to get the eyeballs on. So, you know, I, I think it was it was a good show from Usher. Would you say that it passed uh, family-friendly? I, I It depends on your family. <laughs> depends on your family. R&B is, I think the, the whole thing with R&B is it's very uh, smooth music. It's very, you know, talking to your girlfriend or whatnot. So it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave that to your judgment. All right, we have a little uh, short clip just to kind of give us a, a flavor of the halftime. More family-friendly than Justin Timberlake, so we'll give it that. There you go. <laughs>
The much-anticipated halftime show at Super Bowl 58 by Usher. So that that gives you a little taste now. Um, Well, one one thing that I read that was interesting on the halftime show was some, uh, some person online, when they were writing about it, thought that it was totally overshadowed by Taylor Swift. The, just the fact that Taylor Swift was in the stadium took the thunder from Usher. So, you know, I, I don't know if you can compete with the Swifties. Yeah, I'm. I, that's a, like a whole nother show to talk about the Swifties. But uh, yeah, she was definitely there. You couldn't miss her. You couldn't miss uh, her presence. Obviously, CBS kept cutting away to get the well, reaction shots. So I was, I was looking this up before the show. She is estimated to have increased the NFL brand value just by dating the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, $122 million. I don't know about you, John, but there's nothing in my day that I could do that would create value of $122 million. It's it's unbelievable. And it, it resulted in a 53% increase of viewership among females ages 12 to 17. Wow. So it, it, I think one of the most interesting things for me looking at NFL is just looking at it not as a sports event, but as a media event and the thousands of people whose livelihoods depend on, you know, the romantic interests of Taylor Swift. Are you into country? I, I, I am into country a bit, but not, and it's not my primary music. All right. How about Reba McIntyre? I thought she looked sensational. I mean, obviously she's not a youngster, but she did she a brought fa- it. She, she moved did a the fantastic- football players to tears. Yeah. We actually have a little tiny bit that we want to, we're not going to play the whole national, just to give you a taste of Reba McIntyre. McIntyre. She is no doubt a proud American. Well, that keeps in with the the wider theme, which is I think the Super Bowl, you know, it wasn't very long ago that uh, with Colin Kaepernick that the NFL became itself a politically divisive event. So I think the NFL and advertising companies, all their choices around the uh, the Super Bowl, I think, are based around trying to find common ground, which is, you know, ultimately, I think, a positive thing. Well, you know, sometimes you you know you, you, kids can't even watch the entertainment because sometimes yeah. it's so over the top uh, that it's just not uh, advisable. And they, they, there are some parents who literally uh, you know uh, turn the TV off during halftime. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably a prudent decision. I mean, uh, it's been good to see over the past couple of years that the NFL media circus has sort of leaned more towards being conservative. And I think there have been some interesting things happening with religious media that have made uh, larger corporations realize that they can't just go, you know, full progressive or full transgressive uh, and not risk alienating their audience. Um, I mean, you saw the advertisement from the evangelical group, He Gets Us, that invested, you know, millions into that. Um, That was controversial. And even Dove, so Dove Soap did the girls' confidence around uh, body um, image positivity for young girls in sports. What's interesting is earlier they did an advertisement about young a young moms campaign uh, that featured a transgender uh, mother. So they've sort of pulled a 180 and gone you know full conservative in their advertising because they can't risk alienating their audience. 
Well, something that I know that is uh, family-friendly is the Merry Beggars. That's right, John. That's right. The Merry Beggars with the Saints. Adventures of Faith and Courage. For sure. And they they are back here after the holidays. Uh, What do you got coming up? Well, we have, as you know, this week is Valentine's Day on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. So you can, listeners can celebrate Valentine's Day and the beginning of Lent by going to thesaintspodcast.com and listening to the first episode of St. Valentine, which released today. Four more episodes to come this week. Sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, As always, Peter, a delight to have you here live and in studio uh, with us. Uh, Thanks so much uh, for your take on the entertainment of Super Bowl 58. Always great being with you, John. Thanks again. Uh, Peter Atkinson, the director of The Merry Beggars. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called The Bridge Keeper. There once was a bridge which spanned a large river. During most of the day, the bridge sat with its length running up and down the river parallel with the banks, allowing ships to pass through freely on both sides of the bridge. But at certain times each day, a train would come along and the bridge would be turned sideways across the river, allowing the train to cross. A switchman sat in a small shack on one side of the river where he operated the controls to turn the bridge and lock it into place for the trains to cross. One evening, the switchman was waiting for the last train of the day to come, and through the dimming twilight he caught sight of the train lights. He stepped to the controls, and when the train was within a prescribed distance, he turned the bridge into position. Although to his astonishment, he found the locking control was not working. If the bridge was not locked in position, it would wobble back and forth at the ends and cause the train to jump the track and go crashing into the river, and this would be a passenger train with many people aboard. He left the bridge turned across the river and then hurried across the bridge to the other side of the river where there was a control lever he could operate manually to lock the bridge in place. He'd have to hold the lever firmly as the train crossed. He could hear the rumble of the train, he took hold of the lever and leaned backward to apply his weight to it, locking the bridge. He kept applying the pressure to keep the mechanism locked. Many lives depended on this man's strength. Then from the direction of his control shack, across the bridge, he heard a sound that made his blood run cold. Daddy, where are you? His four-year-old son was crossing the bridge to look for him. His first impulse was to cry out to the child, Run, run, but the train was too close. The tiny legs would never make it across the bridge in time. In the same instant, he almost left the lever to run and snatch up his son and carry him to safety, but he realized he could not get back to the lever in time for the train to pass safely. Either the people on the train or his little son would have to die. It took a moment to make his decision. The train sped safely and swiftly on its way. No one on board was even aware of the tiny broken body hurled into the river by the onrushing train. Nor were they aware of the pitiful figure of the sobbing man still clinging tightly to the locking lever long after the train had passed. Neither did they see him walking home more slowly than he had ever walked before to tell his wife how they lost their son. As we comprehend what this experience must have meant to this man and how it affected him, we begin to realize what our Father in Heaven must have had to endure when he sacrificed his son, the most innocent man ever, to bridge the gap between us and eternal life. Can there be any wonder he caused the earth to tremble and the skies to darken when his son was crucified? And how it must affect him when we speed along through life with little thought or appreciation for their sacrifice. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? 
As always, thanks so much, Glenn. As we approach Lent, join Father Rocky and Maggie by praying and watching the Family Rosary Across America with all your prayers and petitions live at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Monday, February 12, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn, Gabby, Young Thomas, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy birthday to our Josh Raymond. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Tuesday and the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.